0: Welcome to this special Somerset Emotional Wellbeing podcast on World Suicide Prevention Day. It's a special with my colleague, Dr Peter Bagshaw from Somerset CCG, I'm Andrew Trasida from Somerset CCG, and we're really pleased to welcome Louise Finnis, who's our Public Health Specialist from Somerset County Council with a particular interest in this topic. Welcome Peter,
1: welcome Louise. Thank you. Thank you and it's a great pleasure to, to see you here Louise we've uh, uh, we've sat together on the Somerset prevention uh, boards and I know of the huge amount of knowledge and expertise you've got in this area so I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say today.
2: I think the podcasts have been going really well I think it's an excellent idea and a great one for promoting well-being.
1: Well we're very pleased that
0: you're here to join us today as well. So um, 10th of September Uh, World Suicide Prevention Day. What would you like to tell us about it, Louise? And What would you like to say about the topic?
2: Okay, well, World Suicide Prevention Day has been going for a good number of years. It's an international day and it's an opportunity for organisations and communities to come together to raise awareness of how we can create a world where fewer people die by suicide. I think one of our biggest messages is that that suicide can be preventable and avoidable but that's going to rely on all of us taking more of an interest and responsibility around suicide. So I think the, the biggest message today is suicide is everybody's business and if we take that seriously then we can save lives.
0: Thank you and for today there's a target in Somerset about training?
2: Yes, indeed. Well, one of the um, each year the Suicide Prevention Day takes a different theme, and uh, this year's theme is about working together. We already have a very successful multi-agency suicide prevention partnership board, and we decided that we would set ourselves a challenge of 100 people on the 10th of September to undergo some online suicide awareness training. Um, and we thought that this training is about 20 minutes long, so that that is something that's doable, but that we actually all do it together on the 10th of September and we want 100 people from every single background. They don't have to be people who work in mental health or suicide, far from it. We really want to reach out to members of the public, people who work in hospitals and shops, maybe police officers, to all come together and to, to do this training and to then put what they learn into practice.
0: And how do people access this, uh, this training?
2: Yeah, well, what we've done is we have set up a special World Suicide Prevention Day site um, on our public health, Healthy Somerset website. And um, after the podcast, I'll be able to give um, everybody the links uh, to it so that you can go straight through. You don't have to pay a fee. You don't have to sign up. You can just click into it and off you go and do the training.
0: That's really great. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge, Louise, obviously you as a specialist, but Peter and I as clinicians, that not only is suicide everybody's business, but some of our listeners may find this distressing because many of us have actually been been touched by suicide of, of somebody we know. And it really is important. If anything in this discussion evokes any feelings in you, please do find support. Um, one number that everybody should know is the Samaritans number, which is 116123, but there are other ways of, of accessing support. But please do, if you find yourself upset or distressed by any of the material we, 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 we cover, um, please do access support.
2: I think that's a very, very good point you make and that um, we're suggesting when people do the training that they get a colleague to do it at the same time as them um, and then ring each other up afterwards. Um, I think that that's another um, really important issue around while it's everybody's business, because I think that most of the listeners will have been touched by suicide. And yet, for some reason, we still find it a very difficult thing to talk about. But in preparing for today, I was thinking a bit about generally in our culture, we find it quite hard to talk about death anyway. So this is just another sort of element of that Um, And that that we need to sort of look at this um, message as a bit like other safety messages, like how to learn how to resuscitate, is that it's just, it's a form of safety that can help save lives. And that, that, you know, we need to talk. So let's start talking about suicide and it can make a huge difference.
1: I, th- I think you're absolutely right. They are huge taboos, aren't they? And certainly, I see patients who say, "Well, I don't like to talk about suicide because it might plant the seed in somebody's mind." Can you can you squash that myth?
2: Yes, I think that's that's a, probably the most important myth to 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 air. Really, is that if you talk to somebody about and ask them the question have you thought about suicide it is not going to plant that idea in their head it doesn't work like that they have researched this and there's a lot of evidence to say it's much more important that people have a conversation so they can discuss what is going on for them and it often uh, through your conversation can help people realize that there are alternatives people are searching for uh, a way of not feeling so much pain and distress that they're in and by talking things through people can find alternatives so that's why it's so important to talk about it if we don't talk about it people can end up thinking well this is the best solution for me and for everybody else
1: so for people who are thinking of signing up uh, which i hope uh, a lot of people do can you give them any idea of what to expect with the training
2: Uh, Yes, I mean, it is suicide awareness, so it's um, uh, pretty basic, but it will go through um, talking, as you just suggested, about some of the myths around uh, suicide, some background, and then it will start to help you um, through a series of scenarios, Um, look for the signs, think of the sorts of things that you need to do to prepare, maybe in having a conversation with somebody that you may already know. Um, giving you some good tips about how to have those conversations and then how to signpost people, so it's a pretty basic uh, giving you a bit of confidence, sharing with you some of the information that's known, and 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 the training has been put together through talking with people who have experienced or have attempted suicide. So it, it's it's very well put together um, by the um, Suicide Zero Alliance, which um, I have a link to. Um, so it's it wasn't created in Somerset. It's it's a a, a national programme. Uh, and it 's twenty minutes, and if people are interested, there is obviously other training that people can do that's more extensive than that.
0: Thank you, Louise. because suicide really is everybody's business, uh, or rather the prevention is and and there are some myths and uh, I suppose um one of the myths is that you know if we talk about it we we won't do it is that a is that a myth?
2: Yes, absolutely I think um, it's I think one of the things I'd like to say is that suicide is quite complex. It's difficult to make it simple. It's a very complex issue and that people are individuals and then their reasons and their decisions and how they behave is going to be individual. But I think um, that is probably the second biggest myth, is that if you start talking about it, it means that they won't do it. Um, It's not proven in in clinical experience, that it's actually people are trying to find a way through um, and they're trying to find solutions that in this present moment they're in a lot of pain, They're in a lot of distress, a lot of depression, and they're trying to to stop feeling like that. And so the more that people can actually maybe perhaps even talk about the reasons why they want to die, can actually help people work work through it. Um, A very wise um, Samaritan that I know once told me that, um, that she often finds herself asking when she's on the line, I hear you want to be dead now, but do you want to be dead in the future?
0: That's a very powerful way of looking at it, isn't it? Uh, and you're absolutely right in the fact that uh, we're, we're talking about people who are, can be in extreme distress. But what we do know is that in the great majority of the cases, that if supported, a time of extreme distra- distress will pass and things will look different, maybe even a few minutes later. And it's it's important to to find help and to be able to be supported at that point. Peter you had something you wanted to ask.
1: I was just curious to know Louise whether there are any particular groups who are at risk of suicide?
2: Um, Yes, I mean we study, we we produce locally and nationally what we call a national suicide audit so we are able to um, actually uh, analyse um, the answers to those questions. And we certainly find that um, men are three times more likely to take their lives than women. Um, We're having this conversation in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and that is obviously creating uh, even more challenges that we need to be aware of. Um, We've got the fact that people uh, are having difficulties of actually experiencing the things that promote your well-being the conditions are preventing us from from um, having contact with people um, and that is so important for our well-being and, and stopping people from maybe doing some of their hobbies so we've got that issue and then we've got the consequences of covid either because of actually having experienced covid or to do with work insecurity financial worries so i think that people who are who are vulnerable in many different ways can be more at risk Um, But when we've looked at when the Samaritans have done some very good research around men and why there's three times more likely men completing suicide uh, to women, there's a whole range of issues that are linked into masculinity um, and the fact that men do seem to find it harder to see that they need some help. And that we need to be saying to people it's okay to ask for help sometimes. it's We all need a helping hand and that isn't weak, it's strength to do that. Um, One of the things that um, the training encourages us to do is to understand that sometimes people need a bit of a helping hand to um, start to talk. Um, And there's an expression about asking um, twice. So when you do that typical, are you okay?, you then pause and then you might go, but are you really OK? And that you start those, sort, you, you help people because we know that some people find it very hard to express themselves. And until people start talking about these things, we aren't really going to be able to help save their lives in this way.
1: And are there specific resources available for men? I've, I've heard of men's sheds and things like that.
2: Uh, Yeah, so I'm pleased to say that we're just um, in the process of setting up a special new men's mental health project here in Somerset, which is very exciting. There's been lots of things like men's sheds that have been going on and we're going to be trying to bring them all together into a a larger community response. Um, It's going to be led by stepping stone and we're going to be setting up lots more activities within the community uh, to promote um, men's health. That, that, yes, I mean, I think um, I would say also that um, self-harm is another big issue that we need to be uh, understanding, that uh, it can be linked into um, suicide. It's the most common risk factor um, in relation to people who've completed suicide.
0: Interesting. And just coming back to men again, it, it's said that men often have it, have difficulty in talking to each other, but they'll happily do something with uh, others and and that's where the men's shed uh, f- uh, movement has come from and i have to say we're very lucky in somerset uh, although at time of covid it's not it's not fully operational as it usually is as as, as, as of having one of the largest men's sheds in the country and that happens to be the West Somerset Railway which has over 900 volunteers women as well uh, and new volunteers always welcome but running steam trains and diesel trains and keeping those stations uh, beautiful and pristine uh, is, is a lot of effort a lot of hard work and for many people highly enjoyable uh, and of course we've got our wonderful Somerset countryside as well that we can we can enjoy walks or exercise or, or other uh, outdoor activities in.
2: I have a feeling, Andrew. You have a, a particular interest in the railways, is that right?
0: I, I do, and I'm I'm privileged to be the um, the honorary medical officer for the West Somerset Railway. But it's uh, it's uh, it's it's always been close to my heart. And uh, if I were to come and visit you, Peter, I might actually be able to get on the line at Bishop's Lydiard or Taunton and and come up your way into West Somerset somewhere.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and I remember coming here as a as a young boy. When they just close the line and there's a huge amount of effort to to get it going and as you say it provides a fantastic way of getting together for people who aren't along the West Somerset line there are lots of other ways of sharing things aren't they? I'm aware of the Lions Barber project Louise?
2: Um, the Lions Barber collective it started in Totnes um sadly it was uh prompted by the loss of a, a barber's best friend to suicide and he became very aware that often um men who come to the barbers often uh find it as a, a sort of a a haven in a way and so they set up this um, collective of barbers who have undergone some sort of special training uh, to learn how to sort of talk um, in a bit more depth to their customers um, about um, how their lives are going and to provide with some signposting. So we have um, a small number of barbers in Somerset that are already signed up and part of our new mental health project will be to um, try and ensure more barbers um, are, are joined in because I think as we started this conversation suicide is everybody's business isn't exactly in those types of environments that we want people to be able to feel they can have a conversation about how somebody is feeling and that this isn't uh, the domain of the uh, medical profession in any way we know that the, the minority of suicides are actually known to the mental health services so until the, the rest of our community and our population take some responsibility, we, we, we are going to still find that you know suicide um, remains in, in the shadows.
0: And responsibility is an interesting word, but um, do you know what? There's, there's something, there's some deep stereotypes, which unfortunately is still there. You know, boys don't cry. Men don't ask for help. It's a weakness to ask for help. Um, and how we change that, um, that, that myth, um, is a challenge. Are there any resources or new um, new booklets or anything that are going to help us with with that sort of topic?
2: Well, yeah, yes, definitely. I mean, I can um, include at the end of the podcast some uh, really good resources that uh, that are there. Um, a national organisation called the Men's Health Forum has actually just produced a new booklet around um, COVID nineteen and men. Uh, we were talking, excuse me, earlier about. Um, the challenges that Covid have brought and I think that for a lot of men the, the, the fear of um, work insecurity and financial worries is something that we need to take very seriously and that we are presently within Somerset working with the job centres and the employment hubs to make sure that they have good l- links into the um, provision that's available and they kn- that they know about things like the, the men's shed. Um, one of the things that we we do know is that the way that men would prefer to seek help is is not necessarily going to traditional mental health services but but doing it in a more informal way um, uh, that's linked into to an activity i think andrew you were saying that whether it's sport whether it's car mechanics whether it's cooking whatever it might be that it that it's it's not so overtly labeled as mental health which i think makes sense i mean
1: I I think that's a really important point you make, Louise. And again, it comes back to it being everybody's business and trying to get people involved. A a year or two ago, I was doing some research into things that reduce the risk of suicide in people who are felt to be high risk. It wasn't medics. It wasn't uh, drugs. It wasn't formal interventions. It was really just saying to somebody, I can see you're distressed. I'll give you a call in a couple of weeks or I'll get back to you. Somehow knowing that somebody was there and cared about them and, and and was there for them makes can make the difference between life and death, can't it?
2: Yes, um, and it goes back to giving people some confidence to say that, you know, asking the, the question directly, and it's important to ask the question directly, is not going to increase the risk of something happening. It's going to decrease the risk of something happening. Uh, and that... Um, I think what we have found when we've done training in the past is that people initially feel quite anxious, but very soon after undertaking the training, people identify a situation where they start to have a quality conversation with a person and they can see that it's made a difference. So that's um, quite an interesting thing that happens when you've done the training. I think you become more instantly more aware and hopefully it gives you the confidence to take action.
0: Thank you. And meeting people in distress is meeting people where they are and and sharing with them or understanding that maybe they've lost hope and maybe when we've lost hope life doesn't seem worth living and and so on. And 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 then the thinking progresses. But coming back to the more positive about keeping ourselves well and keeping everyone well, because hope uh, and, and 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 a healthy attitude in life and a healthy way of living are, are the antidotes to feeling feeling desperate, Um, what are the five ways to well-being that we should all know about Louise?
2: Yep, I think the five ways is a really key thing to to help people think about ways to promote their well-being and we've been doing a lot of work under COVID-19 to promote it Um, and these are an evidence-based set of um, factors uh, which have been looked into and if we do these five things, all the time consistently it will help promote our well-being so the first of them is around staying connected um, and that is having positive connections with people that make you feel good it's no good spending your time around people that don't make you feel good you need to be connected with people and with people that make you feel good about yourself you need to, to learn and that could be learning something very simple like changing the channel on your radio through to taking a degree through to learning to sew but learning and we've seen a lot of people um, take up sort of new hobbies during covid and that's been really good for their well-being. Being active and healthy eating is the next one that we need to always remember that we need to look at our mental health with our physical health together, looking at it as a whole and that those things will help promote our well-being. We need to take notice and that's take notice of ourselves and and reflections within ourselves so that we need to take notice each day. It is suggested that we take a moment to reflect on things that have gone well, things that didn't go as well as we would like um, and, and to acknowledge that, but also to take notice of the things around us, nature. Nature is a really key, important part of well-being, and Somerset is truly blessed with the wonderful um, areas of outstanding natural beauty that we have and coastline, that we have a real opportunity to promote our well-being through nature. And the final five ways to well-being is to give, and that can be give of yourself. um, It can be to give money, um, but mainly it's about small gestures. And I think we all know that it's the small things in life that that have the biggest impact. I've heard some wonderful stories during uh, the lockdown of people being generous with their time and their thoughts and giving to their neighbours and to people who are maybe more vulnerable than themselves. So so you've got those five ways which are very easily translated into day-to-day activities. And it's a bit like how people sort of understand that they need to look after their physical health we need to do things to promote our mental health and and that's the five ways to well-being.
0: Thank you and they're all on the mind.org.uk website and they come from the New Economics Foundation and they, we can find them on other places as well. Louise that's really hopeful and and before we finish I'd just like to mention again the uh, Samaritans um, number, which is one one six one 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 two three one one six one two three for anyone in crisis. And also in Somerset, we've got the 24-hour Mindline, which is a, a link to all services and um, through the VCSE Centre and, and signposting for others, uh, and that's 01823 276 892. Uh, and Louise, what else would you like to share with us in the last few minutes about uh any messages for world suicide prevention day the 10th of september
2: yes i mean i think uh for everybody to to take a minute i think is and to think about maybe somebody who they have been in contact with recently who they they may not be thinking that they're suicidal but they may think that they're a bit out of sorts and that to take take the time to talk to them the sooner we can start these conversations it's much easier to help somebody to come back from their thoughts of suicide. So um, I think one of the messages is just, as you have talked about, is kindness. That we need to be kinder to each other and we need to be hopeful and that we can do this together. So, you know, we need to start talking about suicide and let's start that conversation on the 10th of September use the training as a way of boosting your confidence and your abilities and, and to then go forward and encourage others to take the training. And let's hope that this time next year that we'll have seen a lot more people feeling a lot more confident to talk about suicide in Somerset.
1: I think that's absolutely fantastic advice, Louise. And it as you were saying, it applies not just to people who are in crisis or contemplating suicide. It's really a way of, of improving the health and the mental health of all of us is the five steps and kindness—a fantastic message.
0: Thank you. It certainly is. And uh, for Somerset, we've got the websites www.healthySomerset.co.uk and the uh, Twitter hashed uh, handles at SomersetCCG and at SomersetDPH. Uh, and if you follow both for links and updates on World Suicide Prevention Day and belong, but just. One final message, and I've done some training uh, of various health professionals at times, and the message I would say to everyone, not just health professionals, but in your health professional career, in your lives, in your conversations in the streets, our towns and villages, in our workplaces and elsewhere, you will never know how the kind Question that you asked, or the smile that you gave, or the little bit of attention that you gave somebody—you will never know how many lives you may actually have saved. And many professionals will have saved hundreds of lives in their time without even realizing it, simply by asking people how they are, by ensuring that that there's hope there. And we all do this in our lives. We're all—we are humans, and we are social creatures, and we act socially and if we work together then that lifts us all It wasn't meant to be the end you, please, please both of you do say something else if you like
2: um, well I was just going to say that we, we have um, uh, a hashtag um, World Suicide Prevention Day 2020 which we will be using on the 10th of September uh, and as I said we'll be um, putting up um, our with this podcast, the, the details of where people can go to do the online training. Um, I don't. Th- it, uh, did you just say Andrew at www healthy somerset?
0: Did you give that? .k. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Fine.
2: Yeah.
1: Great. Well, I think that's f- absolutely fantastic to finish. What we acknowledge is is a distressing and difficult subject on such a positive and hopeful note. So. Uh, thank you very much, Louise, for sharing your thoughts with us.
2: You're more than welcome. Thank you for the podcasts.
1: Thank you both very much. And um, look
0: forward to hearing you. Sorry, look forward to being with you on a future podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group